0: Welcome back to Home Design Chat with Nancy. If you are remodeling or building a new home, you don't want to miss these podcasts which are brought to you by Studio 41, the ultimate in plumbing, cabinet hardware, and cabinetry, and by Monogram Appliances, your intelligent appliances for the discerning cook. Recently Nancy was asked to be a guest on a podcast with Dennis Oz of RTA Marketing. They talked about everything design. It is so information rich that she wanted to share it with you. If you would like to contact Nancy regarding any subjects on design, please feel free by emailing her at nancy at nancyhugo.com. Welcome to the Remodeler Success Podcast, a show created to inspire kitchen and bath industry professionals to achieve optimal success in their remodeling business. Your host Dennis Oz is the author of the book, Remodel Your Digital Marketing, an integrated online marketing guide for kitchen and bath remodelers. He's also the founder of RTA Marketing, a pioneer digital marketing agency for the remodeling industry. On each episode, Dennis will sit down with industry leaders to talk about their processes, the lessons they learned, and how to find success in remodeling.
1: Welcome to Remodeling Success Podcast. I'm your host, Dennis Oz. It's been an amazing journey so far. I just want to say thank you for all your support. We are getting some different comments from even the outside of the United States, from Canada from even Germany and England. I can't not thank you enough because I really appreciate the big comments that you are sending us and also the extra information right after every podcast. We are getting your comments and extra ideas. We are just. Creating a great story over here, guys, just with your support and just want to say thank you. We have different speakers here. We have different audience here. I know that you're trying to improve your business. Some of our listeners are here. They already have tens of designers and they are running bigger modeling companies or you're maybe manufacturing countertops or you're renovating homes, building full houses from scratch or you're just flipping. The best part here is... We are bringing you the industry pioneers and today's one of the days that I'm really excited about because today I have this amazing speaker that she is, I don't know, I don't want to steal or storm, but she has years of experience in the industry. She has another podcast and helping homeowners and also industry people just like us. I have Nancy Hugo here. Nancy, welcome to the show.
2: Oh, Dennis, thank you so much for inviting me.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited. Thanks so much. Could you please introduce yourself?
2: Sure. My name is Nancy Hugo. I'm a certified kitchen designer. I started many, many years ago, uh, learning how to draft with an architect. And from there I started selling cabinetry and from there, oh God, the sky's the limit. Uh, so I am a remodeler, uh, for the end user, the homeowner of kitchens and baths and whole house. And I also have an online magazine that's called um, Designers HQ.com, and that's a networking um, online magazine for the design community in Arizona. I also have a podcast called uh, Home Design Chat with Nancy, which is on 28 platforms. So um, I do what I can in the 24 hours God gave me.
1: Well, thank you so much for all these things that you are giving to the industry. I was looking at your blogs and I'm going to ask you some questions about Designer Circle HQ today. And looking at your blogs and all the contents that you put out there, that's really interesting. How did you get into that idea of starting Designer Circle HQ in the first hand?
2: Well, honestly, I started it 15 years ago because nobody was... Networking around here. Nobody knew how to network. And I had a couple of friends who were out of work and they said, Well, where are their get togethers? Now, Scottsdale has a lot of showrooms, but I was invited to all the kitchen showrooms, being a kitchen designer. And I said, Okay, I'll send them to you. Now, 15 years ago, there was Blogster, whatever it was called, where you would just post a lot of events and then you'd have to go in manually. Anyway that was really not working so well. So I decided I'll just start a list of where all these events were for people who wanna network. And so um, I got my first uh, showroom said to me, I, um, well, we'll do a happy hour. And I said, no, they said we'll advertise on your designer circle, which blew me away. So I said, okay, as a thank you, I will hold a happy hour here. Now over the years, I've had a lot of uh, advertisers and I've had 15 years of happy hours every single month. And my claim to fame is a Christmas party a couple of years ago where I had 575 people. Wow. So uh, because of COVID, I don't do the happy hours anymore, but designer circle is more or less a carrier for information to people.
1: That's great. We are in the same boat here and we always need quality content. Nancy here, she's just sharing your knowledge over there. I'm really impressed with the quality and also the, also the quantity. It's a lot of things right there, Nancy. It's quality and quantity, it's all together. And uh, just want to say thank you. Nancy, you're a kitchen designer for many, many years. This is a big question for. Uh, designers who are just tuning in today and just trying to understand the next trends about the next year and also the year after. Let me ask you then, what do you think about 2023? What should we be expecting?
2: Well, I still think that the contemporary look is going to continue. I think the simplistic look where people don't need a lot of tchotchkes or a lot of heavy furniture is going to be popular. I think everybody likes the clean look. I also think that even though some people say the great room is out, everybody likes those little compartments where people can have their own little space. That separates the family, so I think the great room is still gonna be important to a family gathering, to entertaining, to bring the family together, whether it's the kids doing homework while the parents are cooking, or just having the big dinner. Um, I think there isn't enough family time And so by designing great rooms, that would help the family unity.
1: Right. At the end of the day, kitchen is the heart of our homes, right? As
2: always, yes. Yeah,
1: exactly. I asked you this question, but I'd like to focus a little more on kitchen cabinets and countertops. I saw a lot of Two Tones kitchens in the past. People are asking me, can we do a white cabinet with the brown island in the middle? They're trying to create some two tones. Well, a lot of things changed when COVID hits and all the supply chain issues that we had in the past. But still there are big trends in the market, especially when you look at the kitchen cabinets and countertops. What do you think about the upcoming year?
2: Well, I'm not really a proponent of multicolored cabinets in a kitchen, although I just did one with gray perimeter and then there was a dark blue island. I kind of gave in because the homeowner liked that. And I got to say, it came out very nice. But I try to stay away from fads. And when I do my podcast, I tell people, don't fall into the fad hole because (laughs) in a couple of years, you're not going to like it. You know, sometimes I get a lot of emails with... um, pictures of different kitchens and from publications. And some of that stuff I would not have in my house. I wouldn't put in anybody's house. It's kind of uh, whimsical, but how long does whimsical last? It gets boring. So I think the timeless look will go on forever and I always recommend to my clients and on the podcast, get something that you're not going to be tired of. That's uh, timeless that you enjoy looking at. So when you get up in the morning, you don't want to go in the kitchen and go, why did I ever pick this $10,000 orange range? Because <laughs> it will get old. Oh, so if you like orange, Go with the accessories in orange, you know, maybe a flower pot, a candy jar, your uh, KitchenAid mixer, but try to stay away from the fads. You can do unique to a certain point, but then you get ugly and different.
1: Right. Right. I hate to say that.
2: (laughs) And you asked me about countertops. And so we all know that. Um, engineered stone or quartz, whatever you want to call it, is becoming more and more popular. I still use granite because some of my clients really do like the natural stone. They like the look of it. But um, And I think it's a little more popular, but quartz is moving up the line. So the both of them have its place.
1: Why do you think quartz is getting that popular? When you look at the price points, right? When you compare them and let's say everyone has a budget, let's put it in this way. Why do you think Quartz is making, on its way, gaining more market share in our country? What do you think?
2: Well, I think part of it has to do with um, the maintenance, because you don't have to seal it. Um, And probably, if you need another slab nine out of 10 times, it's going to be easier to match. I know there's, and you know this too, there's a lot of granites from years ago that if people still like the jupe honest, they're not available anymore. Whereas your engineered stone, you know, they just mix it up like cookie dough and well, you have it.
0: <laughs> so that's, I
2: think that's part of it too. As far as price, people go, well, you know, I'll just not go with granite. I'll go with engineered stone, depending on the pattern or the company, it's going to be just as expensive. We know that Granite is actually based on the price is based on where it comes from. So if it comes from your backyard, it's much cheaper than if it comes from Italy. Yeah. So, you know, you can't say, well, I'll go with granite for the price. It's really the look. Right.
1: Right. Exactly. Not a lot of people can afford some of the quartz pieces that I see on the market, because when you look at high end, I believe that we can create high end with quartz and also natural stone. Is that right?
2: You know, the same thing with appliances. You have good, better, best. And so you have good, better, best in cabinets, countertops, tile, stone, yeah. everything.
1: These trends are just changing over the time. I mean, it's, it's quite normal. And I was looking at your blogs and I see one of the really interesting posts over there about tiny houses. Just wanted to include that in our podcast today. Is that a new trend? How do you comment on that?
2: Well, personally, I think it's a fad. There's a lot of pros and cons to it. And of course, when something pops up on the market and it's different, everybody gravitates towards it and says, oh, that would be so cute. Um, if you are one person and you're minimalist, I say, go for it. Because really, who are you going to yell at if it doesn't work out yourself? If you have another, a significant other, a roommate, two labs, you're gonna have a hard time moving around. Uh, The tiny house should be eight, eight and a half feet wide. So if you mark that off in your house and decide this is the space I'm gonna live in, it's usually 400 square feet or smaller, no bigger, then you really have to get rid of a lot of stuff you have and you have to learn to live with two coffee cups, one for you, one for your guest, two (laughs) pots, two forks, two spoons, Uh, the, I read a lot about it and people are not happy with the loft living. So when you put your mattress on the loft, it's really difficult to change the sheets and fix the bed. Also, you have to climb a ladder or stairs, tiny stairs to get up there. And so if you're not agile or you're not used to climbing things, if you fell, get ready to break a hip. Depending on the size, you know, your age. But it's, I think it's not as easy as it looks. I did get an email from a company who sent, I can't remember if it was uh, apartment therapy or whatever, they sent five pictures of tiny homes. If you really didn't know the pros and cons, you'd go, wow, I'm doing it, because they were gorgeous. But that was the whole house, you know, just this one picture. Um, If you like to empty, uh, the can or whatever it is for the toilet, which I'm not a person to do that, then it's okay for you. Just like RV living have to take all those things into consideration. So pros, uh, cute. It's cute. It's new, it's different and it's cheaper. So if you're a single person, you just graduated college, you can't afford an apartment. Of course, these things are not cheap. So if you can get a loan from your parents or the bank or whatever and start out that way. I'm not going to say the resale value is great cuz we don't know right now what it is. Um but mm, really check into tiny houses before you jump into one.
1: It's always better to check before you move in, right? We need to have a look at what's going yeah, on. Yeah,
2: you know it be po- if it's possible to rent one and see if you can live. It's like living in a closet. I couldn't do it, but a right. lot of people
1: can. <laughs> Let's say supply its on demand. I also see some other Companies that are building backyard offices because COVID just started that we started working from home. And not all these homes have their own office. I'm just not talking about the big room, I'm talking about a 10 by 10 small area that you can put maybe an office chair and a computer right there to do your thing during the day. So not a lot of homes have those kind of convenience. I see some companies, they were putting out backyard office spaces. You could be a newly graduate student with tons of student debt. You could be a business owner who are just trying to create a more comfortable office environment. When I see the tiny house, I said, it can create another market. Affordable office places could be another market for these tiny houses. That's what I thought. We need bigger places in our houses in order to make ourselves comfortable. But what do you think about this? Do you think that can be also used as office in the backyards?
2: Well, let's go back to the she shed. You know, everybody wanted one of those because the guy had the man cave and the she shed is cute. And the separate building for a small office is a good idea. I often thought maybe a kid's playhouse would be good. I live in Arizona, so if you don't have electricity, you're gonna melt in your office or your she shed. So you've gotta have electricity. And then if you want water, you've gotta bring water in. You also have to check on the zoning because a lot of the municipalities don't allow for something like that without a permit. right. I mean, other than all those things, you know, all those challenges and uh, that you have to overcome, it's a cute idea. I mean, right. every woman would like to just, go into her little space away from the kids close the door and do what she wants to do
1: (laughs) we are talking about affordable housing trends will be created by some people pioneering that trend that price increase plays an important role to even slow down the trend or also maybe support the trend just want to ask you this new home designs and price increases how do they work together do you think that i have any kind of interaction do you think price increases are affecting new home designs. What do you think about that?
2: Well, they have to because the um, price of lumber has gone up about 30 to 40%. um, And everything going into your home, including the appliances, the cabinetry, everything. I don't know anything that has gone down. I'm upset because my eggs have gone up 40%. So building a house, well, case in point, and I'll give you an example. I was um, designing a remodel for somebody. We started two years ago and they were ready to, they were gonna push out the walls, do the whole kitchen over the master, the outside uh, kitchen, it was gonna be gorgeous. They started to frame and the whole house caught on fire and totally got wiped out. Now they have a slab. So they're starting all over again and they're finding that the prices of everything has gone up. Now, we're gonna use the same cabinet company, but he would love to keep his price the same, but wood has gone up so much. Yeah. (laughs) So as an example, I think people are gonna have to start looking at smaller homes, smaller remodels, smaller, um, just spending a lot less, unless of course you fell into some wealth somewhere. And then of course there are people, again, I live in Arizona, There are pockets of money here. Um, Scottsdale is one of those pockets where I don't see people saying, but I have a budget. Although I should say, no matter how big the project is, they all have budgets. So the prices are affecting everybody.
1: Up and down. We cannot expect zero inflation, of course. Even if you're talking about the same cabinet company, they're offering you the solution right now, probably their cost has just arrived at that point and they also need to profit on top of that. It's really hard to predict. I was hosting Eric Finnegan of John Burns uh in the previous episode. And he was pretty optimistic about the upcoming year. And they work with data. Here we are talking about more like the design and trends, but Eric put a lot of insights and the expectations, and they're also making surveys with the other industry people, like remodelers and design and build companies. I feel really optimistic. If we have like high inflation here, this is this is the United States. The economy cannot be. Uh, be better anywhere else if you don't have a good economy here. We're going to get over that one. We're going to bring the numbers back to the place where it, it should be. That's what I think. But I'm pretty optimistic about that. What do you think?
2: Well, um, I do a lot of reading on that. And there are people who say it's going to take about 10 years for us to get back to where we were. A lot of people are hoping that it won't take that long. So there's just so much you can do. Um, and, you know, let's talk about the supply chain. I just uh, had an interview with a manufacturer rep and he said, the supply chain is getting better. You can get some of the appliances that he reps a little quicker than what it used to be. There are still some that you have to wait a year for. And so supply and demand, there are people who say, well, I'm not going to wait for that. I'm going to go get XYZ brand Uh, nine out of 10 times. They're not going to be happy with that quick brand that they said, oh. We can't wait for this one that we really want. We'll wait for that one because we can get it quicker. And so what are you going to end up doing? Buying it twice. So I think people have to be patient. I right. think that's probably one of the keys Exactly. exactly. Of go- getting through this.
1: I'm sure that you have some tips for the new designers here, because let's say we have new people that are trying to learn kitchen design and they're dreaming about their own business, of course, they maybe already built their own brand, but they still need to learn a lot of things. And I'm sure they have some things to learn from you. Just like starting with some sort of expert advice. What do you say to these new people if they really want to learn more in kitchen design? First
2: of all, I've been in the business a long time and I learn something new every day. So if you admit it and you keep your mind open, you will just learn from everybody. If you meet somebody that you think is... uh, Good in the business, has good business sense, you know, listen to what they say. So I made a list um, of what I would tell people. Um, every job that they do, every project is a challenge. Try to complete it on a timely manner. And if you can't, the biggest thing you can have with your client is honesty. I think you should be upfront and tell them why. Don't tell them what they want to hear. Tell them the truth. I think that's really important. So you build up the integrity, being honest, having patience with your clients. You know, they're not in the same business. This is a one-time, most of the time, a one-time project for them. So a lot of times you have to explain why this is happening, why this costs this much, and the questions that they ask might be easy for you to understand, but don't forget, you know, it's like talking to a heart surgeon. He explains something. I'm like deer in the headlights. I have no idea what you're talking about. So (laughs) be patient. Listen to your clients. Don't do something that they keep saying they don't want, but you want it, and you insist because you're not going to get any referrals. You're going to actually get somebody, one of your clients, husband and wife or whatever, they're going to badmouth you, and you don't need it. So try to keep your reputation pristine. Um, And that's probably... Oh yeah. One more thing. Yeah. Don't forget people. It's not your house. It's your client's house. And that's important. I have clients that they like things that I don't particularly care for. I wouldn't have it in my house, but it's their house. So I do the best they can. I give them what they want. Bottom line, work real hard, develop a rapport with your clients.
1: Wow, I would say it's a million dollar advice. A oh. group of advisors, let's say. <laughs> so uh, thank you so much for that. I'm sure that, Nancy, there are a lot of things that we can learn from you, especially the people. that could be a new designer or it could be anyone in the industry. The content you put out there, the details that you talk about, and it's really informative. If you really want to learn, I believe Nancy is going to be one of the go-to industrial pioneers that you can see the quality information and you just can understand what to expect and how to learn more things and what they expect in the next step. Nancy, that's why I want to ask you if they want to learn more, if they really want to reach out, how do they do this? And if they they want to request more information, if they even want to join you and become a subscriber to your podcast, what's the best way to reach out to you?
2: Well, first of all, the podcast is um, Home Design Chat with Nancy and I'm on 28 platforms, including iHeartRadio, blah, 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 all that stuff. But it's a pure education When I do these podcasts, I'm reaching out to explain to people. And when I have a guest and he says, or she says something that I don't think is clear, I will interrupt and say, now let's explain, or let's do this. Or let me show you, you know, whether it's the height of the cabinets or what a crown mold is or whatever. Now, if they want to reach me, they can just email me really simply. Nancy at nancyhugo.com. I have a website, nancyhugo.com. Very simple because if I made it any more intricate, I would forget what the name was. So I stuck with my (laughs) own name. I gotta tell you, I am the first person to have a website of her own in Arizona as a designer. Um, It's uh, 2001, I got this. And so people kept saying, yeah, but I like brochures. And I said, don't you understand the internet yeah i know i know but and i have pictures on there and all sorts of things so um just google my name and i'm all over the place
1: there we go there we go and i'd just like to say thank you for joining us today nancy for all the things that you have shared again everyone thanks for joining us and tuning us for today nancy thanks so much for coming out today. Oh,
2: dennis thank you so much this was so much fun
1: see you next time goodbye If you would like to
0: generate more leads, please visit rtamarketing.com to get a copy of the book, Remodel Your Digital Marketing, an integrated online marketing guide for kitchen and bath remodelers. This has been another episode of the Remodeler Success Podcast. Thanks for listening.